Welcome to the RD2B podcast. Each week we sit down with a different registered dietitian nutritionist to showcase the diversity of opportunity in the dietetics profession. Our aim is to dismantle the notion that there is a traditional career path. I'm Carl Barnes, the registered dietitian behind the scenes of RD2B. And I am Jenna Warnock, the RD2B host. Our RD guests share their stories, career paths, and advice to help students like us succeed in the profession. Welcome back to another week of the RD2B podcast. I'm your host, Jenna, and we're super excited to kind of close the chapter of featuring uh, supervised practice programs. And we're going to shift gears to kind of a new little area that we want to explore with dietetics. Like we we mentioned a lot about like registered dietitians and, you know, practicing practitioners, but we really do want to switch it up a bit. And we're looking forward to featuring in the future some like NDTRs, current students, or just career changers, just to kind of like open up the audience that we have and just kind of gain more understanding perspectives regarding the dietetics profession because it definitely comes from more than just RDs. And so today we're super excited to feature our first own RD to be and not registered dietitian, Brooke Harder. So she's the founder of the Dietitian Lab and is a current RD to be, as I mentioned, and she's currently attending a future education model program because she is a career changer. So in this episode, we're mainly just going to dive just into her path, what made her want to decide to pursue dietetics and just kind of provide that perspective for if you are a career changer or if you're interested in pursuing a different like path towards dietetics, this is definitely a good thing to listen into. But Brooke, thank you so much for joining and it's super excited to have you as the first like are you to be a not registered dietitian. It's super great. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, no, definitely. And so, and I'm really excited, just honestly, just a little side note about having a non-RD because it definitely does like shift up the question format. I feel like it like mm-hmm. provides a whole lot more just like diversity and less like, where'd you go to school? What do you yeah. do? You know, it's a, like really definitely. Yeah. And so the first question that I do want to get hit, like to hit you with was, did you have a very decisive moment that made you decide to switch? Because as I mentioned, you were a second career and you switched to yes. dietetics. Did you have like a I'm going dietetics. Was it slow? (laughs) Can you kind of give us that little background? Yeah, sure. Great question. So I actually, fun fact, started off my career studying nutrition and I just wasn't in a good place at the time with my personal eating and history of that. Um, So I decided to change career or change majors more so and major in environmental epidemiology with a public health focus. And Day one, I kid you not, when I walked into my corporate job after college, I was like, oh no, I screwed up. Like I I should have been a dietitian. So I think this is me career changing back into dietetics has just been a long time coming. Um, And it's always kind of been on my mind. It's just, it wasn't the right uh, time in my life when I first started nutrition. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's kind of good. I mean, you came back with a more mature and more like firm mindset. And so like, given that you kind of had that environmental science, public health foundation Mm -hmm. for education, did anything transfer over skill or knowledge wise for you coming into dietetics? Yes, actually a lot. And that's a great point. Just coming back to dietetics with a more kind of like refined and worldly perspective. I think I couldn't have made a better choice um, in pursuing my career before this. Um, In my environmental public health career, I was actually more focused in product management on that side. Um, And I worked at tech companies as a product person. And learning about product, which is essentially, you know, whatever you see on websites or what companies are offering, those are all products. 
that has really helped me be able to start a business, um, know just like how companies work. And just, it just gave me so much more um, of a diverse, you know, background working with a bunch of different people and organizations as well, um, which directly transfers to school, working with preceptors and, you know, you name it, anything. Yeah, no, definitely. And we always like to mention that for career changers, because especially Carl and I, we've just seen RDWs being like, oh, but I was in finances for 10 years and that has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with dietetics. Like, how am I going to like make that look good on my resume but the thing being is you actually have 10 years ahead of Mm -hmm. people who are just fresh in college and out there because again like with what you mentioned you have so many transferable skills that Mm -hmm. you can tailor for your application that makes you look just like a better candidate just because of your diverse experiences and how you can transfer them from one to the other which is really really great and Mm -hmm. and yeah and then as far as um, and it's good to hear as well, because even though, you know, you kind of go on your first day and you're like, okay, this isn't for me. It's good to know that mm-hmm. hey, it wasn't all for nothing. You did yes. get something out of it. Yeah. It's like, it's totally. still a good, yeah, it's like a no regrets thing as yes. well, which I think is another thing that second career changers worry about is they're like, oh, again, like I just wasted 10 years and it's like, no, mm-hmm. it was there for a reason, you know, and yep. it's like, it's going to help you into your next career. And so even though you're still an RD to be, I mean, you're a business owner and you're just, Mm -hmm. you're balancing a lot of things. But so for you and your experience with dietetics so far, what have you found like the most rewarding compared to your past career? Yes. I love this question because I feel like the corporate world specifically in what I worked in, it's, it's pretty like rigid. There's not a lot of opportunities necessarily to try different things and something about dietetics that is so like inspiring and welcoming to me and a lot of future dietitians is just the amount of like things you can do in the space. Like I've, I know like all of my friends are in like different areas and fields And when I tell them about dietetics and like how many options there are, you know, if you want to, you know, work in clinical, there's a billion different options of clinical you can do. You can do podcasting, you can have a business, private practice. To me, just the opportunities are unlimited in this space. And I'm someone who likes to have a lot of options, not necessarily be, you know, you're just going to do products. So dietetics seems like that space. Yeah, definitely. And like, I actually had a recent conversation with a program director and she was just like, yeah, the thing is, is everyone eats and that Mm -hmm. gets translated into so many different ways. And so that's why dietetics, you know, you can just do so much. And again, like at the bottom of it, you're still helping people, you know, but you can help people. Yeah, you can help people, but in so many different ways, which is so great. And as far as your specific program that you're in Mm -hmm. and how that's kind of helping you prepare to become a registered dietitian. I know switching careers, it might be a little scary to just jump from one completely different thing to the next, but can you kind of go into depth about, I mean, uh, about like your program, like Mm -hmm. specifically it's a future education model and how that might be a good option for second career changers and how it's helped you with your path for transitioning? Yeah, sure. Great question. So a little bit of background too, before, like when I decided officially that I wanted to change careers, this was in about like 2020. Um, I didn't necessarily change at that time. I started looking into programs and as a career changer, I was extremely overwhelmed. Uh, It honestly felt like impossible because I thought I had to go get another bachelor's degree. 
or, you know, take a ton of prereqs to get a DPD verification statement. Um, so it just seemed like financially impossible, to be honest, and also like a lot of time. Um, so when I came across the future education model programs, the program I'm specifically in only has three prerequisites. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? This is like amazing. I, I was like mind blown that I even found it. Um, so if you're a career changer, I think future education model programs, specifically ones with lower prerequisite requirements are great options. They combine what's called supervised experiential learning with the coursework. So you don't have to, you know, get matched to a dietetic internship. You don't have to do it separate. You know, some schools it's you do your education, then you go on for another year and do it, which would just add more time. So the combined aspect of this program um, is just amazing. And it's also um, future education model programs follow applied learning, similar to a lot of other healthcare professional programs like nursing, um, position assistant, physical therapist, they all have this applied learning model where, you know, you learn what you learn in class and then you apply it in your supervised experiential learning hours. And the way like data is shows that that is like one of the most effective ways of learning. And I think it really shows in the CDR exam pass rates, like the future education model programs are actually outperforming other programs, which is pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, that goes to say if you're career changing or even just looking from a bachelor's degree in nutrition and dietetics, like these are just great programs that I think everyone should look into. Yeah, for sure. And one thing to mention too, is like, yes, you like less prereqs, so less time mm -hmm. you have to prep to go in, but also it's the same length as a graduate degree and which yeah. we need a graduate degree anyways. And so it's a very nice, just condensed get what you need in an effective yep. way again with the CDR pass rate showing that and it's like yeah. you can get out and become a practicing RD because we've heard time yeah. and time again there's not enough of us and mm -hmm. that we just you know just the demand keeps on going up which means also like job prospects and just yes. going and again like job prospects there's so many different things you can do and you'll get hired definitely mm -hmm. just because there's a need for that and kind of going back to the different job prospects and how one that you mentioned was being a business owner you're mm -hmm. currently on that own track not even as yes. a registered dietitian you just start you know you started it while in school which I'm sure for mm -hmm. a lot of people who are even interested in private practice or owning a business they're just like whoa how yeah. do you do that I can't do that yet I need to have the RD credential first to do mm -hmm. anything like that and so what made you decide to just make that leap and start a business while still pursuing the RD credential yes yeah, so this is where my past experience, like from product, has helped a ton. And honestly, like you said, like even if you have a finance degree or whatever, like I feel like you could take anything and apply it to, you know, a business. Um, the reason I started my business while pursuing the credential is I wanted to help career changers and RD to Bs just like in the selection process of a graduate programs, because it's so overwhelming. There's multiple different pathways. There's so many different schools. There, there's different lengths, there's different costs, there's different um, internship or learning models. So I felt that there was like a need in the space, especially for career changers 
to just provide guidance and mentorship. So I tried to fill in that problem space, which is like a product management thing. You know, I saw a problem. I wanted to fix the problem. So I started something about it. And I don't think it's ever too early to start a business. It's not like I'm providing medical nutrition therapy. You know, obviously I wouldn't do that. Um, but you know, the earlier you get started, even if it's just watching videos and learning about business and how to market and advertise and create content, I think that you will be looking back at yourself, thanking yourself that you started when you were a student, um, and not a, a dietitian already, because there's so much to learn. I'm learning every day and overwhelmed and excited. It's just, it's a blast, but I'm just, I know I'm going to look back when I am, when I do have my license and be like, thank gosh, I started when I did. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that made me, that I thought of whatever you were saying that is mm -hmm. say that you are interested in a private practice or like having your mm -hmm. own business, you start it while in school yeah. and you realize, wait a minute, this is a whole lot more than I realized. I don't want to do any of this. Yeah. I just want to work. Maybe like you want to work in a private practice, but not own a private practice. Yes. And like, it's a great, just like experimenting field until like mm -hmm. you just absolutely throw yourself in. And then like with the RD credential, you're like, wait, what am I doing? Yeah. And so, yeah. And like one of the things I was curious about as you were describing it is so given that, you know, you're actively in school, you're doing graduate mm -hmm. course, but you're doing supervised uh, experiential learning and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. How like how did you balance your schedule to yeah. start your business and do school at the same time? Like what did that look like for you? And what does that look like? For yeah. You? Great question. So I am someone who loves being busy. So let me clarify that. Um, and also I'm just again, like from product management, working at a startup, everything was like so chaotic. So time management is a skill that I learned in my corporate job that I've transferred over to like my business and grad school. So I definitely have to time block, um, you know, doing my work things and also school things and my like supervised experiential learning. But usually I just have, um, as of now, two days of supervised experiential learning. And I just do that on those days. And then I try to like front load a lot of stuff for my business during the like beginning of the week and on the weekend. And then I'll like start school um, on Wednesday and like finish that throughout the weekend. But I do work on the weekends as well. So if that's like not something that, you know, that's not for everyone, I totally understand. But um, yeah, time blocking, time management is very important. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, and I think what's great about the dietetics profession is a lot of us are type A, super organized yeah. and like being busy anyways. So like, it's not like it's completely new territory, but I think mm -hmm. as far as the things that aren't very much natural to dietetics students that with starting a business is there is mm -hmm. the fear of the unknown the yes. not knowing how it's going to pan out, the having to be flexible and just kind mm -hmm. of like having to see where it goes and just go with the flow that way. I think yeah. what's nice is, yeah, like it sounds like, hey, like we do have a lot of those skills that are required to maintain a business. But as far as like the other, like more flexible, like fluid yeah. stuff, that is, I think some people, some people love that. Some people need that. But then again, some people might not be for you and that's totally fine. But again, like kind of being yeah. like, it's never too late to start. And mm -hmm. it's great to, you know, experiment practice so that whenever you do have the RD credential, yeah, you know for sure, like okay, I do mm -hmm. want to own a business, or okay, never mind. Glad I tried it. Yeah. So, like for you personally, given that you know, like what you said, you're not doing M and T or anything. You're not doing anything yep. that requires an RD or a license. Exactly. 
But so after you get your RD credential, is your goal to maintain your current business model? Are you looking to like switch it up a bit or like mm -hmm. make some modifications? Like what does that look like for you on the other side of the credential? Yeah, so I I definitely want to continue with the dietitian lab. Um, but I'm not, you know, becoming a dietitian necessarily to, to just do the dietitian lab. I'm also like really interested in specific areas of nutrition as well. So I'll probably, you know, try to like hire, you know, other admissions coaches, uh, for the dietitian lab or, you know, just like see when that time comes, like how much I can take on, but I also do want to have a private practice, um, for myself as well. Yeah. And again, like it's great having a business already because mm -hmm. a lot of the like, you know, this tough stuff you have to break through, you'll already have yeah. training pretty much. And I mean, it's not to say, oh, it'll be easy peasy, but like, yes. it'll be less daunting. Yeah. And, and I agree. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is really, really great. And so mm -hmm. like, and kind of, you know, shifting more towards into, and it was great to kind of get a background into your business, balancing your life and definitely, you know, yeah, sounds, you have a lot of things going yes. on <laughs> one thing that I kind of want to focus on is the supervised practice rotations aspect and like the dietetic yeah. intern like kind of focusing on the dietetic internship mm -hmm. part of what you're going through and so as someone who's actively in that part of their career like educational career were there yeah. any and I'd say especially as like a second career but also just like as a dietetic student in general were there any misconceptions or like reality checks that you had kind of going into supervised experiential learning that like just made yeah. you feel like yeah. whoa Yes, definitely. So I think too, like a background on supervised, supervised experiential learning, like would be helpful. It's it's very similar to, you know, supervised practice and dietetic internship, but you actually, for some programs have to secure your own, which can be like really challenging. Like, I just want to say that it's not impossible, but it is hard. One of the benefits though, of that is being able to, um, you know, kind of narrow in like your focus areas that you like. So for example, for community, like if I'm interested in like hormones, like I could find a hormone like dietitian to work with for community. Um, I will say, and then also you have to have, you have to meet competencies as well, you know, similar to other pathways. Um, coming in though, as a career changer, you start the intern or the supervised experiential learning class one, your first class. <laughs> and I don't have a background in nutrition. Like I said, like I do have a background in like science, like a science degree. Um, but you walk in to my clinical rotation the first day and they kind of expected me to be at the level of like a dietetic intern, you know, who already has a background in nutrition. Um, so I had to kind of just sit down with my preceptors and just explain like, Hey, this is a different type of pathway. This is a different like model of learning. Um, I'm also like not supposed to be at that level yet. Like it's competency based. So I'm supposed to be at a low level at first. Um, but yeah, it was very overwhelming because they were like asking me all these questions and being like, you know what this means, right? And I just had to say like, honestly, like I don't, like I need a lot of support right now. You know, I'm a career changer. I'm coming from the tech world. Um, and sometimes they don't really understand that. Like they, you know, they just think you're supposed to be at a level. Um, but yeah, after a lot of explanation, I think that it's fine. <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah. And like, whenever you kind of had to like 
set that not set that boundary but just communicate mm-hmm. being like hey I don't know one I'm yeah. sure that was scary and two just to kind of alleviate maybe if someone also sees that as being scary mm-hmm. was the other was the other side receptive did you get what you needed was it like a yeah. positive experience overall yeah no once I actually like sat down with them and talked more in depth they were totally uh, totally like responsive and you know very very nice and welcoming and they actually like want to help more like that you that you say that and advocate for yourself because at first I was I was like scared I was like oh no like they're gonna think I'm like dumb you know but in reality they don't they're like oh you you don't have a background you know so like yeah they're they're really they're really helpful and I recommend like if you do go through a program like this you have a printed out list of all the competencies that you're supposed to meet for each rotation. So just like sitting down with your preceptor at the start of the rotation and talking about how you can meet these competencies and where you're at in your current level, I found to be like really, really helpful. Yeah. And that's a great, just kind of advantage to planning. And it, and like the reason kind of why I wanted to ask like, Hey, you communicated, you advocated for yourself yes. and things didn't crash and burn. It's yes, okay. exactly. <laughs> you do that. Yeah. Like it is because it's like, because I mean, I can definitely feel like someone's listening and they're like oh you didn't know what was happening and like that kind of feeds into imposter syndrome of just being Mm -hmm. like terms I'm not enough I don't know enough I'm not gonna go anywhere but it's like if you advocate for yourself and if you're like hey I don't know but that's Mm -hmm. okay like the dietetics is such a forgiving and like wanting to help profession that like yeah and honestly I feel like a good handful of preceptors if you go in being like hey I used to be in this field and then Mm -hmm. I switched over they're probably going to be way more again like what you said wanting to help even more and Mm -hmm. more just like oh my gosh like okay let's let's go through this and stuff which is really really great and so kind of going given that you've had this path of like career changing starting your own business currently a dietetic Mm -hmm. student and going through your supervised you've you've had a lot of like transitions and changes past couple of years lots of lots of different things and so and it does seem like you're very much like you are a plan organized person Mm -hmm. and like you know having goals having visions for yourself and where you do want to go and so like as far as how your path has taken you how often have your goals or your visions of your future like changed and I really want to highlight that just because like I mean, I'm a, I'm a culprit of this as well, where it's like, we have five, 10 year plans. And if anything mm-hmm. deviates from that, it's like, no, I'm going to yeah. stay close. But I, I kind of like want to ask that question to have the context of like, I want to show examples of, hey, changing course when you didn't mm-hmm. plan and it turning out to be a whole lot better. So just kind of yes. go through the process. Yes. I actually look back at my old self and laugh because I used to hate change. Like you're saying, like following the five-year plan to like a T. (laughs) But as I got older, I was like, you know what? Like change is beautiful and it's great and it's meant to happen. And you learn from it and it shows you so many different things about yourself and you get a ton of different life experiences, you know? So I would say that my like vision hasn't really changed because I think like, like I said, when I walked in the door of my corporate job, I was like, oh no, I screwed up. Um, However, the goals I have for myself definitely have, like, I'll admit it, like when I was in product management and like making like pretty good money, I was like, do I actually want to 
like change, like I'm reaching all my goals and this is fine. I could just, you know, be happy like this, happy in like quotes, because it's not actually what I like. <laughs> um, but so I think I've become more like goal oriented around listening to myself and like what I actually want out of my life and not following this traditional pathway. And that's okay. You know, like career changing is not necessarily traditional, but I think it it shows that you're very like self-aware and, you know, that you can, if you want to change careers and you think it's going to make you happier, like it's okay for your goals and your visions to pivot like multiple times in your life. Um, like, I guess my vision of like what I wanted to do in dietetics has changed because I used to want to be um, an eating disorder dietitian focusing in that. Um, and that that vision has definitely changed since I've started uh, in nutrition. So I just think being flexible and not so hard on yourself and not so like strict and rigid is is totally fine. You know, and you'll feel a lot lighter and happier when you don't hold yourself up to this like rigid, unrealistic, like five and 10 year plan. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. And I, and then like kind of the next question segue into that is like any advice you have about navigating those shifts and stuff. And like, for me personally, I think like just my two cents about that is kind of the only way to get comfortable with it is just exposing yourself mm -hmm. to those types of situations. I mean, of course it's like, you don't want to force yourself to be a career changer or you don't want to of force course. yourself to drop out of like college to completely yeah. change trajectory. But it's kind of like, I feel like the only way to get comfortable with those types of things is doing little baby things to kind of expose yourself. Or even if that little change is a mindset shift from, hey, instead of thinking five years ahead, let's think two years ahead. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's kind of the only way that I think you should navigate, like the only possible way that you can like, kind of get comfortable with that. But do you have either, could you either expand on that or do you have any other advice for students about those changes and shifts? Yes. Yeah. I think my younger self too was maybe if something came into my head, I'd be like, oh, I need to do this like right now. And that wasn't necessarily like the smartest thing I could do. Um, I think some advice would be to, if you, if you think your goal or vision is shifting, you know, write it down in like a journal or wherever you're going to write it down and like sit on it for a second. Don't necessarily like take action right away. And like you said, like change careers, majors, or like drop out of school. No, um, like sit on it for a certain amount of time, whatever you feel comfortable with. I like to sit on it for like a few months, especially if it's like a really big goal or vision shift. And then I'll come back and look at it and check in with myself and say like, is this still, you know, does this still align with who I am and who I want to be in the future? And if it does, then, you know, I would say go for it if it's realistic, you know? Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that is like, that's what I would do. <laughs> yeah. And it's like calculated risks are called calculated yeah. risks for a reason where it's like, yeah, taking risks is like, anyone can take a risk and jump off of a cliff, but it's kind of like, do you have a mm -hmm. parachute? Why are you doing yes. it? You know, you kind of have to go through the checklist of like, yes, jumping off the cliff is a risk, but like, what is leading me up to doing that in the first yeah. place? And I'm kind of glad that we took both angles of like, you know, first starting with, yeah, like expose yourself to risks, mm -hmm. but again, refining it to the nuance of like, yes, expose yourself to risks, but the right risks yes. that are calculated and you're doing them for the right reason, which is just a, totally. like, it's a good nuance to just kind of have out there, but also a good lesson integrated into itself of like, yeah, don't just be stuck 
on yes. one trajectory and think you can't change. And exactly. Yeah. And so we kind of, you know, we, we talked a little bit about your trajectory, where you kind of want to go, how it shifted from like eating disorders and how, mm-hmm. you know, like to other places and things like that. And so for you, part- like where you're at right now, and of course mm-hmm. that, can, that can change yes, as, we, as, can. We, as we just talked. <laughs> and so, but like for you personally, like given that you had that shift from eating disorder to a new mm-hmm. uh, niche of dietetics, is there a specific space that you kind of like not label but just kind of like that you would put your interest under and Mm -hmm. like what specifically made you shift from that to eating like from eating disorders to that given your new experiences sure so I will say I will always carry it like my I'm a big believer and advocate for like all foods fit personally so even if you don't work in eating disorders I think that I can still advocate that um, wherever I whatever you know I choose to go into I am at this moment in time it could change uh, and I have it written down in my notes too while I look back at it Um, but I'm really interested in hormones and gut health And also just like optimization from a performance perspective and a mental perspective as well. Awesome. Yeah. And like, it is good that you did the kind of the focus on like mental optimization as well, because Mm -hmm. like, I feel like if you 100% optimize for physical, you are definitely going to compensate some Mm -hmm. mental for that for sure. Just as if you 100% focus on mental optimization, Mm -hmm. you're going to have some physical consequences to that as well. So I think that's a great, like, kind of nuance that you mentioned with that and what what particularly and I'm sure this probably came from your graduate program experience mm-hmm. what made you specifically like want to go from eating disorders to yeah. this shift to food spit and gut health and hormones totally so I actually haven't learned a ton about it yet in my program I did though take my first class was trends and issues and nutrition and I chose to focus on uh, gut health um, specifically like IBS and how to manage it. So that just like reading, we had to write a, um, a position paper and have like a ton of, um, primary sources. So I just got like really deep into the research on gut health and also at FENCI more specifically for the hormone piece. I went to a lot of talks on, um, you know, skin health, Um, also every talk I went to the microbiome was mentioned. So it was just like, that was super interesting. Um, and then why it shifted, I guess, from like eating disorders to this. So I don't know if people can tell from how I've talked about it, but, um, I was a competitive athlete and I used to struggle with an eating disorder. So I thought I wanted to like come back and kind of like close that chapter by helping, um, athletes with eating disorders, But I just don't know if it's something I want to be around, you know, all day, every day. And I think I used to be hard on myself for, you know, not wanting to help out with eating disorders anymore. But I, as again, I've like learned and reflected um, and just grown. I think that that's totally okay to say that I don't want to focus on it because, you know, it's a really hard area of dietetics mentally, you know, and also, um, yeah, I just, I just don't know if I want to be around that all the time. Yeah. that's totally fair. Like the emotional baggage, there's psychology, there's nutrition behind it. There's just so many different moving pictures and also being someone that experienced it as well. That can, Mm -hmm. you don't know if that like takes you back or if that's just going to kind of be, you know, and it's, but the thing, and the thing being is, yeah, like beating yourself up about not wanting to help that population while shifting to how you say, Hey, I can, practice all foods fit in any population you're preventing 
you could be mm -hmm. preventing populations from even being put in those eating disorder clinics or for being put in those situations. And so yeah. it's yeah. a great example of like a pivot that doesn't necessarily like completely like, oh, wash the mm -hmm. slate clean. It's more so like a refinement of like, hey, you can still, yeah, you can still honor your past and like honor what population you want to help, but just in a different light. And again, like you wouldn't have had that without new experiences mm -hmm. or without going to those Bensi talks and yeah. Bensi is the food nutrition conference and expo and mm -hmm. it was awesome this year and if you yes, guys yeah yeah <laughs> and if you guys want more interest in that it's through the academy of nutrition and dietetics all that plug if you want good experiences that's a great experience to have but um just a little side note on that but <laughs> so yeah we just covered a lot of great things just regarding your pathway to career changing just your business um kind of navigating change and being okay with change and kind of embracing mm -hmm. change and just how you personally have just kind of gone through your process from start to finish and where it's ended you up to today. And so the last question, and we typically ask like a variant of this question to everyone, mm -hmm. but just depending on their situation, but is there anything that you would want second career RDWs to know about making that leap, making that, taking that risk into a new field that you wish you heard? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the first thing I want to say is it's not impossible. You don't have to go back to school for six years. You might have to take a handful of prerequisites and then you can do a two-year master's program. So it is very possible, very doable. And if the like educational aspect is what was holding you back, look into the future education model programs. And another thing after future education models is just the diversity that you as a career changer is going to bring to the field. I think that this is not talked about enough, you know, having again, whether you're finance, product, marketing, communication, there's even a, a nurse in our program that's transitioning to dietetics. I just think that um, the career changers and bringing all of this lived experience to the space is just going to make nutrition and dietetics, you know, a much more diverse field in all areas. So I think that that is definitely um, something to keep in mind. And it's, I think, like really empowering to think about that way. Oh, definitely. And you couldn't have said it better. And like, I couldn't have said it better. We're just like, it's a great thing to be feel empowered about, but also like be motivated, you know, mm -hmm. just if you're worried about, oh, is this right for me or not? No, like you're, you switching careers to dietetics, if it's something you want to do, you are going to better dietetics with your diverse yes. backgrounds, diverse experiences. And like, what's, it's just a great way to make dietetics more robust and have just more impact, which, yeah, that was a great thing to end on. So uh, thank you so much, Brooke, for like, talking yes. about, you know, not just talking about your business experience, but just your uh, process with switching careers and just your mm -hmm. advice. I know a lot, like the audience is going to just learn a lot and just kind of like, be more comfortable with making those leaps, being more flexible. And again, thank you so much. We'll have links, of course, to like your website and your Instagram, all that jazz in the show notes. But again, thank you so much, Brooke. And it was a great conversation. Yes. Thank you so much for having me.